Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Welcome to the She Slays the Day podcast with Dr. Lauren Brunslick. Direct, soulful, comedic, advice for female chiropractors' most stagnating questions. Let's talk business, marriage and relationships, momming, and self-development. Here's your host, Dr. Lauren Brunslick. Okay, let's get going. Hey everyone, how's it going? Um, I think when this episode drops, like summer is is done. I think it's like around Labor Day. Um, And I'm okay with that. I just want to like officially make the very first thing I say is that I'm okay with by summer because I freaking love fall. I uh, am usually like around August 1st, I start asking my kids like, what do you want to be for Halloween? (laughs) Like, mom, mom, Halloween is three months away. I'm like, I know, but I love fall and mums and pumpkin spice lattes. And basically I'm just admitting that I'm a basic bitch. Um, if you don't know what that term is, I literally just described it. Uh, American girl obsessed with boots and sweaters and pumpkin spice lattes. There I am. Anyways, so not what I was supposed to say when I first started. What I was supposed to say is I'm here to remind you that we have some cool uh, savings for you um, these are this, these are not ads. Um, I don't know if you know this, but I'm not making money <laughs> doing this. This is my sad gig. Uh, but if you go to SheSlaysPodcast.com, I do have a couple products that I really like that we use in clinic. Um, and I finagled you some, some coupons, some discounts. So SheSlaysPodcast.com and click on She Slays Savings. Yes, I gave Kirby a hard time about that. I'm like, seriously, could you have just made it more shishle shavings? Like, hard for me to say on on the audio, but I wasn't asked. So, included in there, uh, 10% off Prince at Sandy Spines. She's a cool, cool chiropractic chick. She's got beautiful watercolors of the musculoskeletal system on her Etsy store. And so using She Slays as a promo code will get you 10% off. And then also if she's got stickers in stock, it will get you some free stickers. Uh, 20% off your first month of coaching with Megan. If you don't know who Megan Sanvi is, then, well, there's a little write-up on the She Slays Savings uh, website, but also go back and listen to episode 10. That's Megan. She's amazing. She is like my health mentality guru. 
and she's wonderful. And then also 20% off a new app that is coming for female chiropractors. Well, I guess, okay, it's not female. Chiropractors who have a more pediatric and prenatal clinic from Connected and Inspired Media. We were a part of the beta test for this app and it's got different stretches and exercises for your pregnant patients. So it's an app that your patients can download. And it looks like your clinic has this super professional app. It's really cool. Um, so go to that and you can get 20% off your first month with them. All right, so whew. So let's read a review. So the name of this Apple person is Raw She Slayer. And I'm like, well, that's cool. Um, so says, I opened my own practice in my hometown six weeks after graduating. And this podcast is the perfect pick me up every week. I don't know if her target audience is chiropractors like me, but it feels like each topic covers something valuable with where I'm at in my journey. It's great advice and insight with jokes mixed in. I find myself snorting with laughter throughout the episode. I even privately DM Dr. Lauren about a small town marketing question and she responded really quickly. I've always thought being my true authentic self is the best way to go and I love finding people who do the same. Five stars. What a sweetie. Uh, yeah, she did message me um, a, a question about marketing on Instagram. And she caught me right at the same mo right moment. And I was just like, no, don't do it. That sounds like a horrible idea. Anyways, no promises. So let's, uh, let's do a prayer before we read uh, today's question. Today's question is coming from an associate. And, um, I have had two I have two associates and I, they've gone through this experience. So it's a very similar experience. So whether you're an associate or a doc, I think this is a very important topic. Honestly, even if you're not a chiropractor, um, if you are a owner of a small business and having, you know, planning on not being in your business 24 seven or every hour that it's open, this is a topic that will pertain to everyone. So I'll pray and then we will kick it off. Uh, dear baby Jesus, hey, how's it going? Love you. Um, thanks so much for just continuing the blessing around this podcast. It's really cool what you're doing. The messages that keep coming in are just really, it's great to see the effect that people have and how I think that I'm saying one thing and then they interpret it to be meaningful in their life. So just, if you could just keep that going, that would be fantastic. Um, Make this about them, not me. Uh, that's kind of a part of today's question is actually how we tend to do these things. And we put so much of ourself in them and then it kind of ends up biting us in the ass later. And so anyways, I just swore in my prayer again. Sorry about that. Um, and then, you know, just this is around the school year. So for everybody transitioning into the fall and Q4 and all of those things, just be with them, be in their heart, bless them. Love you so much. Amen. So today's question comes from Dr. Sarah and it says, Dear Lauren, I'm writing you this message with a broken heart. Okay, seriously, I gotta stop right already. Um, we are normally booked out, like we are planned about four to six episodes in advance. And when I got this, like she knew how to do a good sales pitch to just get her question to the front of the line. I told her, I'm like, all right, I am gonna do your question. I'm budging you in front of everyone because she says broken heart. Okay, anyways, Dr. Lauren, I'm writing you this message with a broken heart and after a second meltdown of the month. I'm a recent grad from Palmer. 
I'm currently an associate at a peds prenatal office, and the main doctor and I share most of the patients. Some of her old patients, about four or five of them, have outright said they do not like my adjustments, either because I'm not as heavy-handed as the other doc, or it doesn't feel the same. I believe they see adjustments as popping and cracking. I completely understand where they are coming from. However, I struggle emotionally and mentally with this matter because at times the main doc will allow these patients to dictate their care. They obviously need to be educated, in my opinion, and I know they will not take my word for it because they don't see me like the other doctor. As a new doc, I'm a little insecure about my adjustments. I can adjust, but don't quite have that finesse yet, and I know I'll improve with time. This is really taking a toll on my mental health because I fought with my family to be a chiropractor while they wanted me to be a fifth generation MD. I'm working hard in and out of the office, marketing and workshops, but I still feel like I'm failing. Please give me advice what I should do as an associate and how I can help with this situation. This isn't something that will go away on its own because the main doc does have several trips planned this year and I'll have to see these patients. My boss is friendly and willing to teach and we have a similar education. We both do the same technique, uh, but she will ask me to sometimes be heavy-handed with some patients because that is what they're used to. I struggle with that at times because that shows we need to educate those patients. I mentioned to these patients that a light adjustment can be as good as heavy-handed one, but they brush it off since their regular Cairo didn't say it. I feel like at times I'm fighting to get the same amount of respect. She's doing her best. I feel stuck because I don't know what I should be doing when a patient tells on me. Um, I do what I think is best as a doctor, and obviously our adjustments won't feel the same because we are two different people. Please help. Okay, so before I, I have some, I have some recommendations. I don't know if you know that. Uh, it'd be really weird if I didn't. This would be an awkward podcast moment of like, gee, huh, I don't know what to do. I guess you're fucked. Um, no, so before I jump into the more tactical recommendations for this, I want to kind of pick apart this one little bit of here in that I think, yeah, so are the patients happy? Like, I believe that you are correct. There's probably some unhappiness. I don't think you're imagining it. Um, but I think that there's this element of this whole MD piece and like you not feeling like you have respect that we got to deep dive in, maybe not deep dive, we'll, we'll walk into the shallow end for you to do that work. Because that does got to suck for you that like you, I feel like chiropractors in general feel like we have something to prove. Like <laughs> literally my own kids, I don't know where they get this. Uh, we were driving past the hospital in town and we don't do well child visits like for those that are not chiropractors listening, you're like, what? And it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm a pediatric doctor. Um, and since we don't do vaccines, um, those well-child visits are really not, you know, there's no purpose to them because I'm making sure they're growing and developing properly. Anyways, so we usually only go to the doctor when uh, something has gotten bad enough that I think like, okay, we need to do some antibiotics or whatever, or the school says like, it's time to go. So we're driving past and my four-year-old goes like, Mom, when are we going to go to the real doctor again? And I'm like, damn it, kid. Like, <laughs> even my own children know how to, like, touch that nerve of, like, the real doctor. And I'm like, I get what you're saying. Uh, but in general, we as chiropractors feel like we have this thing to prove. And then 
you add a layer of complexity on top of that, that your family is made up of, you can't see me air quoting, real doctors, and you chose a completely different path, you probably feel even more this like thing to prove. What I can tell you is, uh, in my experience, you don't get the results you're hoping for when you're approaching anything, trying to prove someone else they were wrong. Um, really, the, the faster that you can get that chip off your shoulder, that like this was the right decision, because here's the deal, you're here, right? Like God led you, you know, only you know why you made the decision you did. You spent a lot of money, you kind of can't back out now. Like you, you did it. You're a chiropractor. Now, if, uh, and I recommend you give this a solid go. If like five to 10 years from now, you want to say that this isn't working and go become a physician assistant or MD, like whatever, life is long. You can have that thing. But right now, like you're going to give this a go. And the more that you can get that chip off your shoulder, that like, this was the right decision. Like Fuck them. You don't need to prove to them that this was the right decision. Just check in with your own gut and go back to the reasons that you made this decision. And like, if you need to write them down and remind them to yourself, but like leading from a place of proving that you're a real doctor too, you know, cause even like when you talk about your interaction with these patients and it just feels like you're carrying this uh, battle between you and your family that you chose to do this into the room with the patients of like, I am a real doctor. Like, I, I know you're not yelling that at them, but I can almost just like picture the subtext to everything you're saying is like, you should respect me. Even though I'm not an MD like my dad, I'm a real doctor. So just address that because your communication until you realize that is going to come off um, unauthentic and ingenuine. Ingenuine, ungenuine. Un and inauthentic? I don't know. You know what I'm saying here, though, right? Um, so any, if you're trying to prove no matter what you say, it's just going to come off as defensive and weird, and people aren't going to be able to put their finger on why it's weird, but they're just going to be like, this is a weird interaction, and I don't feel like the words she's saying are coming from a, a good place because you're trying to defend your life choices to the patient. So, okay. Now... This is not you. I mean, it might be you. You're a new student, or not a student, but like you're a new grad. You're totally gonna get better. Like you address that, that you know you're gonna get better, you're gonna get finesse. But really this, this just normal and natural for people to have a preference. And because you entered your, the owner's clinic, um, we're gonna call her Jessica, just so people listening can know who I'm talking about. So like Jessica started this clinic. She like has all these people, all these patients who like her. That's why they're coming to her clinic. And then you kind of just get the short end of the stick as an associate. Like this is just like, has nothing to do with Jessica set you up wrong or anything like that. It's just, this is the scenario that um, any small business as we start to expand, when it was only like you and you were a one man show, when you start bringing other talent in, it's just natural for the people who are like, no, I want the OG. I want the person who like I originally started seeing. It sounds like your doc um, is like the lead doc, Jessica, is 
really open to communication. This is great. This goes, it sounds like you guys are talking a lot. Um, it sounds like you have a really level-headed thing or head about things. Um, but somewhere I feel like this great communication that you two are having needs to be shared with the patients. And I'll, I'll walk you through that a little later of like how I would do that. But I don't think you're doing yourself any favors by like behind closed doors being like, oh, I don't feel like this is going well. Let's just keep pretending to the patients that like we're oblivious that they don't like it. Like that doesn't it doesn't help when the patient's out of the loop. Uh, and then again, before I jump into like my step by step, I would say don't try and teach your patients. There's a couple things that you said in uh, in your question that's like, they obviously need to be educated in my opinion. I see this, okay, how do I say this not patronizing? Um, I don't know how to say this not patronizing, just don't take it patronizing. I see this a lot with students about to graduate and new docs where it kind of goes back to this like, again, this uh, chip on your shoulder of something to prove. Um, like, Cause you spent so much time and money in school idealizing what your doctor patient interaction was gonna be like. And then when you're presented with something different, it's like they need to be educated more. And then you start pointing fingers that like, you know, Dr. Jessica is just letting them walk all over her. And what tends to happen is, is we just, we enter the profession with very rigid ideas, and um, I really idealize what the practice is gonna look like, what working in this career is going to look like. But what, while we're like dreaming in school of what our career is gonna look like, if it, we usually forget that we're interacting with other humans and other humans have their own values and their own priorities. And so when we're dreaming up our practice, we're just picturing these like avatars that are like wonderful people who understand chiropractic and have all the money in the world and they like value the same things. And then when we're out in real life, we're presented with people who are struggling to pay their mortgage or um, get their kids adjusted and we get frustrated with them because they chose tubes because that's what their insurance would cover and that would be quote unquote free versus like, and we get all angry and we're like, well, they just need to be educated more. And it's like, no, you're just interacting human to human and you're here to do your best. But education is important, but it just, it needs to be this understanding that Everyone is doing their best. Dr. Jessica's doing her best, but she probably got knocked down a couple pegs. She probably lost a few patients by being really rigid in like her philosophy and like it's my way or the highway. So the more that we can drop the it's my way or the highway, this is my practice and it's built on like my philosophy and values and just be agreeable. Like I'm not saying to get rid of your values, you're interacting with people and sometimes it's just a slower thing. Um, I talked kind of on a similar vein with Dr. Denisa on last week's episode where, you know, she was talking about how like we as Christians, sometimes we think like, oh my gosh, I have this opportunity. I need to convert them and save their soul. And it's like, no, sometimes it's just a seed and if we come across trying to be too like, do you know about Jesus? Can I teach you about Jesus? Have you been baptized? You actually turn them off. And so more than likely, your doc has learned this over time that it's like, listen, they're coming once a month. 
Do I wish they were coming once a week? Yes. You know, if you're a hairdresser, you're like, listen, do I know that she's using box dye? Yes. Does it piss me off? Yes, it totally does. But I'm happy she at least comes in twice a year so I can fix her box dye. Like, you know, this can, every profession deals with this like, yes, there's ideally what our people, patients, customers would do, but we're here to help guide them, not control them. And lastly, oh, I just keep adding things before I get into it, whatever, I'll just stop saying lastly. Um, this is so, 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 so normal. Um, both of my experiences with bringing on an associate, it took a solid six to 12 months before um, the patients really accepted her, either of them, um, and before they got their confidence. Again, like I said, you're kind of stuck into her business. And so you're just in this weird, like, you got to catch up to the train and get your bearing. So it just takes a little bit. So, all right, step one that I would recommend from a tactical standpoint for this is meet with your doc and like figure out a game plan as to how you're going to handle this situation. Because like you said, it sounds like um, your doc it has trips planned. Uh, I think it's funny you said like, this isn't going away, she's got trips. Like, yeah, no duh, that's why she got an associate so she could have more freedom, um, you know, the, it would not fix it if you're like, okay, you just forever see your people and I'll forever see mine, problem solved. Like, nope, that doesn't solve the problem. It's just avoiding it. So sit down and just like put everything out there. Make sure you're entering that conversation from a place of humility and responsibility. Uh, the last thing that I would want as an owner is for my associate to one of my associates to sit down and do any kind of like entitled blame game of like you're not doing it and I don't think you would Sarah um I'm just saying like make sure you don't um you know so I would sit down and go like first and foremost I want you to know that I take all responsibility I am absolutely going to work my butt off to get better and harder or work harder and be better for the clinic um, so I don't want you to think that I'm sitting back and expecting you and the patients to do all the change. Like, I think that's just a great place to kick off the conversation. Um, ask her where she thinks you can improve as an adjuster. Now, I say this because the goal here is you want Dr. Jessica to be so confident in you, her associate, that she sells and butters the patients up like crazy. So for instance, like, you know, I can't tell you to tell her to say this because that would be weird. But like when I, when I go on vacation and I had a newer associate, or let's say I have a patient who I know prefers me, but I'm going to be gone next week. I will say to them like, okay, Karen, I'm going to be gone next week. It's super important that you stay on your care plan, though. So you're going to be seeing Dr. Katie. Don't worry. I have talked to Katie about you. She's fully like up to speed on what's been going on lately. I told her how we've been getting the best results with the adjustments. Um, you're in such good hands. Dr. Katie's amazing. She adjusts my family. Like, so that's the goal is you want Dr. Jessica, the owner, to be so confident in your skills that she just talks you up. Like there have been times 
where if I played back what I said to my like groupies, it almost sounds like I'm telling them my associate is better than me. Like, because I, well, honestly, I think I've said that. Like I tell them like, I would never hire someone worse than me to take care of my patients. Um, I only hire the best associates to take care of because like I'm very protective of you guys. So the more that that communication between the owner can be happening with those groupies of her, the better. But you just really want her confident. Another thing that you can do with these groupies, you said there's like four or five that just really don't like you, is get them involved in the process. Now this, I mean, talk about having to like swallow your pride and be vulnerable and courageous here, but I promise the outcome will be better than you think, is if if you and her, or I would actually recommend she does, has this conversation with them, but like, so let's say Bill is one of her groupies and he's the one, I think you said like tattled on you that he doesn't like your adjustments. Have Jess, Dr. Jessica talk to Bill and say like, okay, Bill, so here's the deal. I'm gonna be out of town next week. I know in the past um, you haven't loved when Dr. Sarah adjusted you. So here's what I'm gonna do. We want your experience here to be seamless. And whether I'm here or Sarah's here, we want you to be getting the same end result. So what I'm gonna go ahead and do is next week, I'm gonna have you see Dr. Sarah while I'm gone, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you that adjustment for free. And would you please, after your adjustment, give her some feedback as to maybe what she does differently that, um, that uh, you know, I do compared to her, what is missing? Because we ultimately want the, if, we're, if you guys are gonna share patients like you said you do, you want that experience to be as seamless and similar as possible. Now, some of you might be cringing and going like, oh my God, I would never give away a free adjustment. This is just what worked well for me. Um, because my first associate that I hired, I thought my groupies were gonna be the most understanding. Like the people who'd been with me from like the first month I started, I thought those were gonna be the easiest ones to have my associate start adjusting. They were not, they were the worst. They were the ones who hated her the most because they were my groupies. They weren't coming to the clinic because they loved chiropractic. They were coming because they loved me. And so um, with the second associate, in order to try and prevent that, I did this technique where I took these groupies. I was like, all right, so we have a new doc starting in the fall. We want you to be able to lay down and not even be able to tell whether it's me adjusting you or her. So here's what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give you like two or three free adjustments. If you can come in her first month and just give her feedback, you know, like, hey, when Dr. Lauren adjusts, she always finishes with like rubbing essential oil on my neck. I don't do that, but you know, whatever. Um, and it got them involved in the process and even more loyal to the clinic. It started to break their loyalty to just me because I wasn't putting them in this defensive position of like, no, I don't want that other doctor, I want you. I was like involving them in this big process that our clinic was doing and it like really made them loyal to the brand because they felt like kind of, like, oh yeah, 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 like I was trusting them. So if you if you think that'll work for you listening, fantastic, if you don't, whatever, I don't care. Um, and I kind of touched on something that needs to be, I don't know how you would bring this up to her, maybe just be like, oh my God, I found this really great podcast, you should listen to episode 14. 
or 13, I don't know what episode this is. Um, <laughs> just like, you should listen so she can hear this advice. But what we do as docs is we unintentionally create a personality driven practice um, while we're growing and building. And we don't know this, but we're like, uh, we're magnetizing people to our personality and they're sticking around, especially the ones who stick around for a long period. They're magnetized to our personality, our jokes, our humor, our this, our that, our whatever, the way we do things. And it tends to be less about chiropractic. And so then, as you can see, when we build this practice or this small business that is about like, I love going and getting my hair cut by her because we talk about our kids who are in soccer together. And it's not about the fact that the salon does this or the dentistry does this. Like when you make it about the personalities that are interacting in that experience versus like the brand and the process and the product that is being sold, which is chiropractic in this scenario, then it creates these big issues when you try and have someone else sell that product because they're attached to the salesman, not the product. So as, I mean, you can't really change course a lot now, but the more that Dr. Jessica can be talking to those groupies about like, listen, I know you love me, I'm coming back, but she's a great adjuster. And even though you're gonna miss my jokes next week, um, you're gonna be coming and getting the whole point of why you're here, which is a phenomenal adjustment and your nervous system communicating. So just the more she can temper in those conversations of like, remember, the point is to be in alignment when you walk out the door, not to like interact with me. So after you guys create this game plan um, to address the fact really deeply in your soul that this is not about you and that humans are humans and most of us, everything comes down to like insecurity and abandonment issues. Um, so here's a stupid example. I think it's stupid, but it really works. So when I was in high school, uh, in like 2001, uh, the Aerosmith song, Come Together, was, I don't know if it was popular or I just discovered it. I think so. I think it was on like their CD at the time. I loved it. I thought it was so cool. I drove a Jeep Wrangler and I would like top down of the Wrangler, not me, um, crank Aerosmith come together. Like I was on dance team. I think I even like choreographed a, a song or a routine to this. And yeah, it was my jam. So I don't know, like a couple years later or a year later, whatever, after I've already loved this song, on the radio, I think I'm about to hear Aerosmith come together. And then the fucking Beatles start singing. Now, up until this point, I didn't really know much about the Beatles, obviously, because I thought it was Aerosmith's song. I didn't know they were covering it. I loathed that song by the Beatles. Not only did hearing them play that song, I was just disgusted. I was like, oh my gosh, this is the worst version of this song I've ever heard. It also just changed my entire opinion of the Beatles. I was like, you know what? I actually think the Beatles are overrated. Aerosmith does songs better. I bet other covers, like, they're really not even that great because I was so attached to that prior experience with that. So can you see how like, this is just normal for people to attach to the first thing that they kind of experience and fall in love with. Everything else, so it's not that they hate you, although I did hate decide I hated the Beatles, but I didn't actually hate the Beatles. I loved the Aerosmith version. And so that's where it's like, this isn't you. They just really love 
Dr. Jessica. You know, when I was on my maternity leave, I had two completely just different maternity relief docs. Funny stuff happened. Oh my gosh, my patients should have hated my first maternity doc. Um, hindsight, I thought she seemed normal anyways, but like they didn't, they were very understanding. I came back and they were laughing about some of the stuff that she said and did. Um, so like one of my patients, uh, she told her that for her like low back, what she needed to do was have sex on top and like went into detail and we're just laughing. Like, right, I'm back from maternity leave and we're laughing. And my patient at the time didn't put any like attachment of hating that person because she knew she was temporary. So where some of these, do my point here is that where some of these patients are attaching these really aggressive feelings of like, oh, I do not want Dr. Sarah, is because this is a very normal story that they're worried about being abandoned. Like, oh, okay, so Dr. Jessica, the owner, is getting bigger, she's getting more established in her career, and this is normal. As she starts to hire people, we're gonna start to see Dr. Jessica less and less and less, and that's their fear they like Dr. Jessica. And so one of the things that you do is I would just uh, call it like it is and just say, hey, like, hey, Tom. Um, again, you guys know all of my examples of pain in the ass patients are always like men or women named Karen or Betty or something like that. Anyway, sorry if you're a Karen or Betty. I'm sure you're really nice or Tom, but I doubt there's a Tom listening. If you're listening and your name is Tom, will you message me? So, you know, okay, where was I going with that? Oh, okay. <laughs> so let's say you are covering for Jessica while she's on vacation. I would just call it like it is, be like, hey, Tom. Okay, so I know you love Dr. Jessica. No worries. She's out of town this week. You got me. I'm going to try and make the experience as good as possible. But don't worry, she'll be back next week. Like, just... You're, that's what I was saying in the beginning of like, it sounds like you and the owner are having a lot of communication, but you're really keeping the patient out of it. And that creates all these fears in the patient's head, all these stories that they start telling themselves of like, okay, yeah, Jessica's on vacation this week, but when she comes back from vacation, is she gonna like take me back as a patient? Does this mean that I've been transferred to Dr. Sarah? Oh no, I really like Dr. Jessica. And they get in their head. So if you can just be open and honest of like, yeah, 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 I know you prefer her, no worries. Like she's gonna be back, but today you get me. It automatically keeps them from feeling the need to be defensive. They're just like, oh, okay. Like, just like my patients were for the maternity doc, they were like, yeah, okay, whatever. I mean, not really my cup of tea, but it didn't put them in this defensive mode to need to start to develop a story in their head as to why they disliked you. Because again, we covered, it's not that they dislike you. You're probably very agreeable and they have no problems. They just feel they need to defend against you because they really like the other chick. Um, so while you are adjusting, Tom, I would kind of talk through what you're, not what you're doing, but like how it's going. So, you know, if you're doing adjustment, be like, oh, that moved really great. Oh, yep, yeah, you know, great job. And then after the adjustment, you know, whatever, walk your way through, I would verbalize to him, say like, okay, so you adjusted really great for me. Um, on my end, you know, I know as a doctor that you did well. On my end, everything went great. 
But we do want you to have the most seamless experience at this clinic as possible. How was it for you? Like, is there anything that I can do the next time I'm adjusting you to make the adjustment feel more similar to Dr. Jessica's? Because what happens is, is when you start with like, listen, you got adjusted and it went great. When you start with that and then ask for their feedback, it doesn't allow them to be like, I don't think you actually got that to go. Because you just told them everything I needed to accomplish today went great. On my end, I know that the end result is wonderful. But how was the experience? How did you feel that? You know, because then it really just leaves room for them to say like, well, okay, so you said my neck went great. And you're like, yeah, it moved really well. Um, it goes like, you know, it just leaves that room for them to be like, okay, it just didn't feel the same. Um, it didn't feel as aggressive, but you've already told them. So it... they can't come back with like, I don't think you got that. Hopefully that makes sense. I find myself with these podcasts wanting to go like, does that make sense? Um, But nobody ever answers when I do that. So you're addressing the fear. Dr. Jess is coming back. You're opening up about like, hey, you know, we want this experience to be the same. Uh, how was your, what was your impressions? Like anything I can do better for future when, whatever they say, just take it as like very like, cool, cool, cool. No big deal. Even if they say something really mean. Okay. Well, not if they say something really mean, but like try and remove. Uh, okay. So think of it this way, your adjustment we make very personal because it's coming from us. When you're asking for feedback, try and almost make it seem like an objective thing that you're not attached to. Almost like uh, if you were an, I don't know, for some reason, the only example that's coming to mind is an oncologist. And you were like filling in and you like gave a different pharmaceutical medication, you know, like, how did you respond to that medication? I personally am not going to be affected. It's not my medication. I just delivered it to you. Uh, so try and receive their feedback in that sense of like, he's not saying you're a bad adjuster. He might be saying like, well, I feel like she tends to be a little more aggressive. And you're like, okay, you know, for future, sounds good. I'll, uh, I'll give that a whirl type thing and just not be like oh my god I'm a bad adjuster because just keep it objective and not absorbing it there should be no more mental breakdowns about patients not liking your adjustments it does not mean you're a bad chiropractor it doesn't mean you should have been an MD you're where you're at this is gonna be great I promise um but don't try next thing don't try and be her so you said that she Uh, asks you to be a little heavier handed with some patients because that's what they're used to. I'm okay with you doing your technique a little more heavy handed. But what I don't want you to do is try and do her exact technique in a heavier hand than you're used to. Because what's going to end up happening is you're not going to actually get the adjustment to go. The end product isn't going to be awesome. They're going to feel sore. And then you're just validating any of their concerns. So I would rather you deliver the end result the way you know how to deliver it in the best way that you can. 
and you know say like I know the experience might have been different but the end result I feel confident even though I used the activator instead of the drop piece I feel really confident that you know a couple hours from now you're gonna feel the exact way as if we did this other technique um, but you need to feel confident if you're not confident in adjusting using the drop piece or doing her technique you're not gonna feel, you're gonna be like, I don't know, I tried to make the experience the same and therefore I'm not confident in the end result. Much prefer that you feel good about that end result because that's what it's all about. They should be walking out the door with that. It's about that product. Um, communicate, communicate, communicate. I've said this just over and over throughout the podcast of like just involve the patient a little more in a non-emotional way. Detach from it. Um, I, you know, you said that they've tattled on you to Dr. Jessica before. I've had that happen where a patient thought like, oh, um, do you mind if I just see you in the future? Because I feel like when Dr. Katie adjusted me, like it just, it, it hurt a lot more. What I do is I go, oh, interesting. Okay, um, you know what? I'll tell Dr. Katie that because I want her to be able to learn from that. And it breaks this thing that is like, no, 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 it's not a secret between the patient and me. Like we're all involved in making your experience really good. I'm gonna tell Dr. Katie that like you were sore from her adjustment. And so next time, uh, but it breaks this whole like secrecy thing of like, how about just you and I only know? Like, no, we're professionals. Dr. Katie's not gonna get her feelings hurt because you said that you were sore. She's gonna learn from that like a damn professional would and make changes for your future care. Like that's what we do. There is no this like, oh, protecting from hurt feelings and how about like, I just stay with you for the rest of my life. Like now. Um, and lastly, and this is actually lastly, I promise, it's super easy when you're early in practice to um, just put docs who have found their finesse on this pedestal and think that she's perfect and you suck. You don't suck. You're just adjusting a bunch of people who are used to somebody else. And that is just a hard situation, no matter what profession you are in. Give it a year um, and you will have, I promise, you will have your own people who prefer you and not Dr. Jessica. This still happens to me to this day. Um, you know, many of you know that I'm only in the clinic like 12 hours adjusting. Um, otherwise, I'm just eating bonbons and working, working out. No, uh, I'm doing the admin stuff. And so I'm not actually adjusting. And so there's like people who are patients who I don't, I don't know. I don't know them at all. And so <laughs> just a couple weeks ago, there's this dude. I tend to be heavier handed than uh, my associates. Um, we're in Northwest Wisconsin. We've got a lot of like very like rural farming community who like their aggressive adjustment. They like to know that they got adjusted. And so I had a guy, uh, a mechanic, and I was like, oh, you know, this is probably like his 12th adjustment, the first time I'm adjusting him. And I'm like cocky thinking like, oh, guys love my adjustments because I'm firmer. So I gave him an adjustment, feeling like, of course he loved me. Well, lo and behold, he did not love me. 
He said that he was really sore after his adjustment and he preferred that he just had Dr. Katie for future and not me, if possible. And he said it nice, um, you know, in the front desk, let me know. And I was just like, oh, doesn't he know I'm the OG? I'm the one who pays everyone. Doesn't he know I walk on water and that this is my clinic? Um, so, you know, it's real, it, it will happen, I promise. No matter how great Dr. Jessica is, you're gonna get your people who really love you, you're gonna be their Aerosmith, okay? Um, so on that note, you will be their Aerosmith. We are gonna wrap this up. Uh, if this brought up any questions for you as an associate um, or as somebody who is looking to hire an associate or is struggling, with their associate getting used, shoot me a question. Like we can help. It's definitely, it's a transition and it takes a solid six months to a year for everybody to get used to this. It's just, it is the way it goes. Uh, if you have a question non-related, please feel free to send it in. I don't know if you know this, but these podcast episodes only happen with questions submitted from you. Um, so whether your question is related to relationships, or self-development, momming, or I need to find somebody who's really good. I want to tackle mom guilt. Um, I am a mom, but I don't have mom guilt. And I feel bad for people who get that. So if you are a chiropractor who's like rocking, or any business owner, I should say, who is oh, like rocking the small business and has to be away from your kids, and you actually feel really sad about it, let me know. I wanna know how you handle that because I mean, I love my kids, but I'm like, peace, mom's going to Denver for the weekend. Anyways, uh, where was I going? Oh yeah, submit your questions. Oh, the fourth core thing is business, branding, marketing, stuff like that. Uh, leave a review if you haven't, because um, I might read it. And I guess until next week, uh, keep on slaying. Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait. Don't wait.